0: Alright, what is up, what is up, what is up? This is Jay Crypto once again. And today we're going to be recording a short podcast. Uh, Some people have asked me some interesting questions recently that kind of inspired this show, but also I just kind of wanted to do it. So, one thing that I wanted to talk about here was kind of reflect on who I am and what I've built. And that's going to be interesting. So basically, I think it was back in April, I started this YouTube channel called J Crypto. Since then, we've grown it to around 4.6 uh, thousand subscribers with zero paid marketing, everything done completely organically. And what we do on the show is we talk about upcoming trends in cryptocurrency, we talk about NFT tech, we talk about some of the latest moves from big companies like TikTok, Amazon, that incorporate crypto uh, currency as a whole, or any aspects of crypto. We talk about play-to-earn gaming. Um, we do all these different things. And it's great. It's a lot of fun, actually. So when I started my you know, YouTube channel, I think one thing, if I could talk to any creators out there, my content style okay was i'm going to put out everything i possibly can that i think is either a lesson to be learned something that i internally know something that i see as an innovation that i didn't i don't quite understand yet but i got to show people and I was pretty much just bringing you everything that I researched on a daily basis. Uh for a while there we were posting 2 to 3 times a day. And it was amazing because my channel grew very quickly that way, which is really awesome, you know. But um I think that something interesting occurred as I kept doing my research. It was it was uh it was almost like I started to notice that our channel had a very interesting, unique style where we were covering pretty much everything in depth. And you look at shows like BitBoy Crypto, uh, who does an incredible job. I think BitBoy is a great businessman as well as a crypto YouTuber. You look at shows like All Coin Daily; they do an incredible job. And they're showing a lot of news which is great. And they've grown their channel way. They started way before I did. And they grow their cha- And their channels are like a million subscribers. And that's incredible. And I wish them all the best and success. And they shed a lot of light on important crypto news. But where we differentiate ourselves at the J crypto show is what I started to notice was there isn't too many people that are talking about the things that I talk about. And what I mean is, if you look consistently on my channel, I'm not a specialist. I cover play-to-earn gaming the same way I'd cover de- decentralized finance. I cover NFTs the same way as I cover what makes Avalanche different than Cardano. And I think this well-rounded nature with no computer coding background because everything that I everything that I have to learn, I have to learn from a consumer lens. And I, I think I bypass a lot of the learning curve that way. What I mean is, when a developer learns, they learn from the ground up. And I'm sure a lot of things look very similar when they're just a when they're just coming from that lens, uh, trying to figure out which you know product or or um, crypto is going to you know, provide utility value. Which 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 teams are good. These are all things that you can't look from the ground up. You got to kind of take a consumer lens with and figure out who's the team, figure out what their mission is. You got to figure out kind of where they're differentiating themselves. You got to look at comps in the marketplace. So like if we're analyzing a DeFi app, let's look at comps of that DeFi app. Is this a first timer is what I call my channel when something has never been done before? Or is this something that has been done? And we have some comps to look at and, and compare each product, um, which is interesting. So I think there's a lot of people like me, and then there's a lot of people that aren't like me. And when I look at great entrepreneurs like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, I love Gary V. A lot of people give me flack for that. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> it's Okay. I don't care, give me flack uh where I see myself similar to him is he's he's definitely not a coder he probably doesn't even know how to code anything, but I'm the same way, and he's able to see things from a top lens, and that's why I find myself in the same field as him in in a few in a few areas before I even got to really know who he was and what he was what he stood for what he was about uh I was trading sports cards, you know i was Um, obviously getting into NFTs and crypto around the same time, um, different marketing ploys back when I worked for my family business, before I got into real estate, different, uh, influencing influencer moves when I was in real estate, building community during COVID things of that nature. And when I got into crypto, I mean, he got in like a couple months after and i think where where that meeting place comes from is our ability to have things on our radar like i had a blockchain book back in 2016 that i was reading and i remember i was still in i was just graduating as a senior in high school and i remember <laughs> i think i my i think it might have been my dad who bought me that book because i told him that i just i i was trying to learn about this this new technology And the book kind of came from a developer point of view, which was interesting, I think it gave me somewhat of a foundation. But uh, honestly, I didn't really read a lot of it because it was wicked boring. And, and what I'm trying to say is, you know, someone like Gary V also, he was buying Bitcoin and Ethereum in 2014. So I think like, I come from a similar place of him of, yeah, I want to keep things on my radar. Like, I've been looking. I bought an Oculus two years ago because I knew that VR was going to be a huge move for all business, e-commerce especially, retail especially. It'll solve a lot of problems with supply chain. Um, however, I didn't really invest in any VR tech until I don't know, pretty recently with some of the metaverses and some nfts that i've been buying up for different metaverses things of that nature so it's interesting you know and it's like this this uh this thing where i like to see i like to talk about something when it's actually happening and then what we try to do on my channel is if you really follow it i i think that my subscribers kind of can feel this and they've said this in the comments too. It's like, we're learning the newest trends together on my channel. I look at some other YouTubers and they're just doing NFTs. They're just talking about new mints on NFTs. And that's great. And they have a much larger channel than me and they started at a similar time and and they're growing quicker than me, honestly. (laughs) And that's okay. And what I'm thinking is, my channel is this like really cool place where we just don't judge the tech. We don't judge the blockchain. We don't we don't even judge the entrepreneurs that are trying to do things. What we do instead is we try to figure out why this thing is happening. And then what's the coolest possible thing that is happening in that new trend. And then we talk about it and we learn about it and we grow about it. And, and it's so crazy to me that number one, I love investing. I've been investing as soon as I could start. So that's something that has just been a passion of mine. I think I have DNA for investing, um, just on various sides of my family, people being involved in the stock market, things of that nature. Arbitrage. I also do have some entrepreneurial DNA as both sides of my family, um, I mean my dad's a businessman and then my grandfather on my my other side of my family was a was a great businessman. I, I heard. Um when I met him he had a stroke so I I couldn't understand him for like my whole life. But I heard that he was a very, very savvy businessman in the candy business, believe it or not. <laughs> Funny enough. Anyways, it's very interesting. So this is kind of where I'm having a little bit of fun you know it's it's kind of like we have no limits to this channel because we want to not just show the news and this is what I was talking about BitBoy and Altcoin Daily before it's like yeah you can show the headlines and start to grasp stuff and honestly I watch Altcoin Daily I watch the Pompliano show I don't know if you guys heard but Pomp called out BitBoy <laughs> for doing something that a lot of YouTubers do which is like, I've I've probably been somewhat guilty of it, but maybe not in the context that Pomp was saying. Cause, and I'll go into that in a minute here, and we can talk about that. Cause it's not very often we get drama between in the crypto world, and it's fun, you know. If I want to go get some drama, I'll go to the BFFs podcast by Josh Richards and Dave Portnoy, <laughs> but um, and Brianna and Brianna Chicken Fry, but uh. So anyways, it's it's this difference between me and those more mainstream YouTubers right now because they are great. They have these, I mean, I know BitBoy does. I'm sure Alcorn Daily does a lot themselves. They're very bright young men. And I'm not sure how old they are. I'm 23. I'm sure that they're probably around my age, if not a little bit older, but they're very bright young men. I respect them a lot. And they have this journalist-like real... Uh, genuine genuine side to them. That's just about reporting the news. And I love that. That's great. I watch their content. The thing is, I like to show people what's what's happening through different decentralized applications in a similar way to them. But I think I dive a little bit deeper into the newer trends. And I don't really cover the stuff that is kind of um, already blown up. You know what I mean? I'm trying to cover stuff that's going to blow up in a couple months. I remember covering, uh, you know, not to to my own horn, because sometimes I'm wrong. So it's not financial advice. It's more of like, hey, let's try to figure out what's going to happen next. Build a solid, logical reason as to why we believe that. And then just talk about that and have a conversation. I don't think people need to ape into stuff because the pattern recognition skill is something that, if you can work on, and I'm working on it by just talking about stuff in the channel. One thing is dead pixels. I mean, I saw that coming a mile away at 40 ADA floor price, and boom. Right now, if you look at the floor price for dead pixels, it was 1,200 ADA. So, I mean, obviously, that's like over uh, 20X, something like that, something crazy. And I think why that happened and why I said it happened in my videos, you can go back and look. I've been wrong about things too, but I basically said exactly what I thought, which was Cardano NFTs have just kind of uh, started a couple months ago. People don't realize that there's easier options than Ethereum to buy NFTs. They're going to start to realize people also underestimate Cardano. They think that nothing is happening over there. But in reality, smart contracts have been released. And it's only a matter of time before uh, smart contract marketplaces like we're seeing CNFT migrate to um, right now in the current will start to have this sort of uh, wallet multiplication effect where more unique wallet addresses will come into the space. And that's exactly what happened. I think we went from one million to two million within a month after I started covering dead pixels, dead pixels also went up in price. I think it's still early for CNFT projects. I think there's a lot of Cardano projects that are kind of getting into getting into the marketplaces. And we need to be careful how we... Uh, I feel like there's this... By the way, just a hot take for you guys on, on Cardano's ecosystem. I feel like the Cardano ecosystem is great. And I love a lot of people in Cardano. But I think because I've also looked at so many other blockchains and communities... I think where Cardano's ecosystem needs to be careful and maybe I should say this more because I really don't because I don't want to like offend anybody in the Cardano ecosystem. But it's just my opinion is you need to be careful of, you know, not letting people know that if what they're trying to do is great, they're trying to build just a very easy way for everybody to create an NFT project. okay. (laughs) They're trying to build, a, build it so that way. Any artist can just create you know, a 10,000 collection, completely decentralized, can just make that happen and add more utility or capability, I should say, not utility, down the road. And they're doing that, and it's fantastic. But I think they need to be careful because I think artists need to inherently know that if they are just an artist and don't have any entrepreneurial DNA, I think they're going to be almost tone deaf and they're going to be looking around wondering why their project isn't turning into the next people. And I think it's only through humility that artists will be able to see why that's happening. I think the entrepreneurial side of an NFT project is incredibly important. And what I mean is things like functionality, things like storytelling, things like utility, things like community building, These are all things that can be set in place by an entrepreneur. And when we see NFT projects without those inherent values, that with just the sick art or decent art or okay art, you can get into a lot of trouble. And if you're spending your life savings to do the mints of these projects on other blockchains or or whatever it may be um, on Cardano, maybe it's a little bit cheaper and they're trying to make it more accessible. I think we need to be careful about shilling these projects just to promote, you know, people that are doing projects on Cardano. And I've seen a lot of Cardano projects do this for each other. And I think the smart ones right now are kind of biding their time and seeing who's really a player in the space. And I know that sounds kind of cold hearted, but it's just an observation I'm noticing. I don't think that every single project on Cardano deserves to be shilled to the moon. Because ultimately, if two, if a project is shilling another project, and I'm not going to mention any names, but what you guys can get from this is what they're going to be doing is you're going to be hearing from a project that you think is very legitimate, that another project looks cool. And in reality, that project is kind of just giving that, other project just a cosign just to do it because they're another cardano project not necessarily because they're a good nft project then what's what's kind of going to happen is you're basically if you're the if you're the project that's getting shilled and somebody's buying your nfts and you don't plan to add any inherent value to those nfts other than just make a million bucks and ride off into the sun then a lot of the people that hold those nfts of that artist of the art that's been shilled are actually going to be you know maybe in a lot of pain and in a lot of sorrow because they bought into a project that they heard another great project shill and boom now all of a sudden it's like oh wow that project didn't do anything. And now the floor price has dropped by 42 ADA from 50 ADA mint to an eight ADA floor price, which is the lowest that I can get on CNFT. <laughs> so here's the here's the reason why I'm mentioning all this. It's because what I think you guys need to look out for as consumers and what I need to look out for as a consumer of NFTs is number one, obviously the more legitimate the project, the better. Meaning, is anything you know, copyrighted? Because that's a huge red flag. I've talked about this with the CEO of Dirtbirds. Is anything... Um, so, by copyrighted, if something looks like something else from like uh, Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z, just know that there's an inherent risk that they could have a cease and desist order on those NFTs that represent the other figures. And... I'm not certain that that's going to happen, but a lot of people that I'm talking to in law are thinking that that could happen and no one is really like, or not nobody, but very few people are going in and buying those projects with knowing that there's a risk of somebody saying, Hey, this has been copyrighted. Uh, Another thing to keep in mind too, if you're a noob (laughs) to, these CNFT projects is like you should also be looking at who the team is. You should be looking at what their vision is. And I think like people say that the roadmap doesn't matter, but honestly, I think it does. I think it's up to us as our own private investors to read that roadmap and say, hey, is this doable to ourselves? And if it's not doable, and they're not showing any proof that it's doable, and what do I mean by doable? I mean, like, is it about to be done, right? Is it like very clear and transparent that this team has the funding, has the resources, has all the things necessary to do what they're trying to do? So let's take building a play-to-earn game, for example. Well, do they have the funds to build a play-to-earn game? Do they have the, the developers, the designers? Do they have the third-party partnerships to put all of this in place and the marketing and build, a thir- and build a play-to-earn game that can sustain an economy? Another thing is you should also know that there's inherent risks of security, of if something is deemed a security a lot of people are starting to talk about this too. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy anything. I'm not saying that you should buy anything. But I'm just saying as an, as an investor, you should know that when you're investing into NFTs and into DeFi and into, I mean, one thing that, you know, I've stopped doing just because I don't want to worry about it is investing into any like IDOs, okay? Because it's just so unclear what's going to happen with securities and I'm just kind of waiting till it hits the open market before I invest into like an IDO um, with certain projects. So that's kind of some thoughts on there. I think we're going to try to keep doing is what we've been doing, which is um, coming with various viewpoints of different sects of uh, crypto. Uh, I'd love to build out a team for myself And people will say in the comments that they would um, like to do stuff. Please email me uh, anytime if you would be willing to work for free and just hop on my team and do stuff. And I am positive that I could find some some stuff for you to do. And obviously, if you're working for free, there's probably something that you're going to want. So if there's something that you want in exchange, just email me that too. So if it is money, that's fine. Just email me. I'll tell you if it's reasonable or if I can do it. And if it's not money, if you're looking for like just a cosign, if you want to like work for a month or two to get a cosign to then work for a project, that's totally cool. I'm cool with that. Um, I think where that works a lot is especially with, projects in the ecosystems that I'm covering, such as Cardano or Binance Smart Chain, you could I could definitely foresee that I do have connections to a lot of projects that I've built over time. So I think that, you know, we could leverage those if you're trying to just get a job eventually, you just want to help out with the channel with uh, stuff. But yeah, I think building a team is the first and foremost thing on my mind right now. Because if you look at a channel like Bitboy, it's kind of it, he has this team of I think five or ten researchers maybe now, and he just reads from a teleprompter most of the time, and then on the live streams he can go off the top because he's also skilled and talented enough to do that. And me, everything's off the top, so it's it's all just it's all just internalized off the top. Maybe one day I'd get researchers just so that way we could put out some informative videos like Coin Bureau does. But I'm kind of trying to, you know, not get to not get my eyes too big. Because first and foremost, I just want to keep you guys informed and warned about any new things happening in crypto. So That's pretty much it for this podcast. Thank you guys and girls so much for listening and watching. There's about five or six different types of things happening in crypto right now. There's access, utility NFTs. There's passive income, utility NFTs. There's cryptocurrencies. There's tokenomics. There's play to earn games. There's VR, metaverse types of things. And they're all going to combine and merge into one thing. So I think people need to be very cautious and careful because sometimes when they're listening to somebody explain something, They only come from a DeFi point of view or a play-to-earn game point of view. But where I try to come from is, okay, this play-to-earn games tokenomics isn't just a game's tokenomics. This has DeFi elements. This has NFT elements. This has all these different aspects. This has metaverse elements. How does this all play into its total structure? But that's why we keep learning. And that's J-Crypto. As always, I appreciate you guys and girls for listening. That's Jay Crypto. I'm out.